God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints Podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we commemorate Saint Pacomius the Great. Saint Pacomius was raised in a pagan family in Egypt late in the 3rd century and was a conscript in the Roman Empire's army. Impressed by the kindness of Christians he observed in a prison, Saint Pacomius converted to Christianity and became a monk, following the tradition of the Desert Fathers of Egypt, like Saint Anthony the Great. We discuss this community of Egyptian desert fathers and mothers in a very early episode of our podcast, I think the fourth episode. St. Anthony the Great's monasticism is known as aromatic monasticism, where the monk was a hermit who lives alone in seclusion. St. Pacomius the Great introduced a new form of monasticism, cenobitic monasticism, where monks live together in community, although still away from the world. The word cenobite uh, comes from a Greek word meaning life together. Both forms of monasticism, the Aramitic and Cenobitic, are still in practice today, both in the Eastern and Western Church, although Cenobitic life is far more common. Let us read an account of the life of St. Pacomius the Great from the website of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America. St. Pacomius was born of pagan parents in the Upper Thebaid of Egypt. He was conscripted into the Roman army at an early age. While quartered with the other soldiers in the prison in Thebes, Pacomius was astonished at the kindness shown them by the local Christians, who relieve their distress by bringing them food and drink. Upon inquiring who they were, he believed in Christ, and vowed that once delivered from the army, he would serve him all the days of his life. Released from military service about the year 313, he was baptized and became a disciple of the hermit Palamon, under whose exacting guidance he increased in virtue and grace, and reached such a height of holiness that because of the purity of his heart, says his biographer, he was, as it were, seeing the invisible God as in a mirror. His renown spread far, and so many came to him to be his disciples, that he founded nine monasteries in all, filled with many thousands of monks, to whom he gave a rule of life which became the pattern for all communal monasticism after him. While St. Anthony the Great is the father of hermits, St. Pacomius is the father of the Cenobitic life in Egypt, because Pacomius had founded a way of monasticism accessible to so many. Anthony said that he walks the way of the apostles, 
St. Pacomius fell asleep in the Lord before his contemporaries Anthony and Athanasius the Great in the year 346. His name in Coptic, Pacom, means eagle. St. Pacomius the Great is known for writing the first monastic rule, a set of regulations for his community of monks to follow. Now just about every monastic order has a set of written rules by their founder. Their famous ones include the rule of St. Benedict for the Benedictines. Let us read a portion of St. Pacomius's rule, translated by G. H. Short. In the name of the Holy Trinity, the ordinance which the angel of the Lord commanded to Abba Pacomius, in a place whose name is Tabernesis, in the province of Thebes, there was a man whose name was Pacomius, and was of those that lived a clean life, and there was given to him knowledge and also vision of angels. And this man was a great lover of men, and a lover of brethren. And as he was sitting in his cave, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, With regard to thyself, thou hast become perfect, and a superfluous abidance dost thou now live in the cave. And now go forth, and collect together the less perfect young men, and dwell and be with them. And as I give to thee an ordinance, thus teach them. And he handed him a tablet of iron, upon which was written as follows, Suffer each one to eat and to drink, and according to the measure of their eating, give them their work, and prohibit neither fasting nor eating, but only as the food for the strong is powerful, and is weak for the weak. Give them also the food of their works, and make a dwelling in one enclosed place, and three shall dwell in one house, and their eating shall be in one, and they shall sleep not by lying down, but like a chair of brickwork, let them make inclining places for the back, and upon this they shall spread out their garments, and they shall sleep sitting, and they shall clothe themselves with a sleeveless linen undergarment and a leather girdle, and let each of them have a woolly blanket made of a white goat skin. And without this they shall not eat. And when they go to the sacrifice on the Sabbath of the Christians, they shall loosen their girdles, and shall lay aside their skin garments, and enter alone with their hoods, and ordain for them hoods without shaggy hair, like those of children, and command thereon the stigma, sign of the cross in purple. And they shall each consist of twenty-four associations, and each of the associations thou shalt call according to the Greek letters, from Alpha, and Beta, and Gamma, and Delta, in their order. And whenever in an association a first asks a second, he will say, how is the association of Gamma? And how is the association of Beta? Greet Rho. And each shall be known by his order and by his sign. And the gentle ones call Iota, and the perverse call She. And thus according to their order, and their kind, and their arrangement, and the life of each association in its character, call them by name. And only those that are spiritual, 
know what the writing says that is on this tablet. And when a stranger comes from another cloister, where there is not such an order, let him neither eat nor drink with them, and let him not enter their cloister, unless they have met on the public highway. But he that comes to dwell with them, let them not receive him into the association before he has completed three years, but they shall employ him only as a servant, and after his completion of three years let him enter. And while they eat, they shall cover their heads with their hoods, so that one brother does not see the other chewing, and there shall be no conversation while they eat. And not without and not upon another away from the table and the vessel shall they turn their eyes, and command that they shall each day pray twelve times, at evening twelve times, and in the night twelve times, and at the ninth hour, that is 3 p.m., three times. And when the associations eat, then a psalm shall be repeated before the prayer. And Pacomius answered the angel, saying, Few are these prayers. And the angel said to him, This I have commanded, that also the weak may be able to attain and to do this ordinance without grieving themselves. But the perfect do not desire for themselves an ordinance, for they themselves in their dwellings have resigned their whole lives to the Lord who sees it. But these things I have ordained for those who have no advisers, so that they may be able at least to do as a service what has been commanded them, and may come to the sacred rites openly with shining countenance. And many are the cloisters of this ordinance, and they amount to five thousand men. The first great cloister, where Pacomius himself lived, and which produced also other cloisters, had three hundred men. And among these is Aphthonius, who is an old friend to me, that is Palladius, and is now the second to Pacomius in the cloister. And his life is without scandal or offence, and they send him to the region of Alexandria, that he sell things for them, and buy for them what they desire. And there are other cloisters of this association of two hundred and three hundred. And to the region of Aspinos, that is Panopolis near Thebes, which belongs to them, I came and saw cloisters and found three hundred men of the association. And they work at every art, and with the work of their hands, they work for the cloisters of women and for the prison house. And they whose turn it was arose early in the morning. Some of them are in the kitchen at cooking, others at preparing the table, and they prepare and put in order until their proper time comes. On this table bread, vegetables, prepared olive fruit and cheese from the cow, and things plucked in the garden. And there are some that enter at the sixth hour, that is noon, to eat, and some enter at the seventh hour, and others again enter at the eighth hour, and some enter at the ninth hour, and some at the eleventh hour, and some late in the evening, and some at the second watch. Each sign of the letters knows its own hour, and thus is their work. One works the land and ploughs it, another the garden, another the vegetable plot, another acts as carpenter, another belongs in the bakehouse, another chisels, another makes large baskets, another makes nets, another sews leather, another writes, another weaves fruit baskets, which are small baskets, and they all repeat the gospel books from memory. And to these belongs a cloister for women, to the number of four hundred, who live according to this ordinance, except with regard to the shaggy clothing. 
and the female monks among them live on the other side of the river Nile, and the men among them opposite them on this side. And when a nun dies, her sisters, the nuns, wrap her in linen, and having wrapped her in, they bring her to the bank of the river, and the brethren cross over on the raft with palm branches and olive boughs, and bring her across with psalm singing to themselves, and bury her in the burial place. With the exception of priest and deacon alone, nobody crosses over into the women cloister, and this takes place on each Sabbath of the Christians. St. Pacomius is an important figure for those living the monastic life today, but there are many lessons that lay people can also learn from his teachings and from his life. Let us read a reflection from Brother Curtis Almquist, a monk from the Society of St. John the Evangelist, which is a monastic order under the Anglican Church. The clear story windows above us here in a monastery chapel depict founders of Christian religious life down through the centuries. The second window from the rear depicts Pacomius wearing a monastic habit and bearing the cross of faith. Tradition has it that he very much loved animals and they him. He is shown here standing on the back of a crocodile. Isn't that marvellous? Legend being that this pet crocodile would ferry him across the Nile whenever he needed transport. In the circular medallion at his feet, Pacomius is pictured in Upper Egypt on the banks of the Nile, in Tabernissi, which is where he founded his first of many monasteries. We see Pacomius being inspired by an angel to write a monastic rule of life, a rule that balances prayer with work, the communal life with solitude, the palm trees and the pyramid, shown in the lower part of the window, depict the life in the Egyptian desert. The Pacomian monasteries attracted devoted and gifted young men, who, if they arrived illiterate, which was typical, were taught to read. Some became administrators, but most were trained in manual trades, as cooks or bakers, carriage makers or boatmen, tailors or shoemakers, metal workers, carpenters, camel drivers, fullers, gardeners, smiths, and as copyists of manuscripts. They were also trained in matters of the heart, so important in life together. There is a very tender phrase in Pacomius' rule of life about having a compassionate heart towards weakness in others. The Pacomian rule of life states that ignorance, as well as weakness, was always accepted as an excuse for failure. Anyone who sins through ignorance shall be easily forgiven. Forgiveness figures prominently into Pacomius' rule of life, very much in the spirit of the gospel. How many times will you need to forgive your brother monks? Pacomius pointed to St. Peter's asking Jesus the very question. Jesus' answer was 77 times, which translates as an infinite number of times. Forgiveness is a way of praying without ceasing. There will be that much stuff that will offend or disappoint. The Catechism of Prayer for Pacomius was based on generosity, discipline, forgiveness, and thanksgiving. I'll suggest how Pacomius may inspire us today. 
What do you make of these visions Pacomius had about God's calling him to be a monk in the Egyptian desert? Have you ever had a vision, or dream, or some kind of deep revelation about your life? What you were to be, or do, or become? Something very personal, something undeniable, though maybe you did not know what to do with it at the time. What is your experience having a deep vision or sense of calling, perhaps years ago, or in the recent past? I had a dream when I was age 12. I can still remember the dream. The dream was about two monks. I can still picture them and their setting. I awoke from the dream, knowing that I was to be a monk. I had never met a monk. I had never been to a monastery. But I knew I was to become a monk. Who to tell? No one. No one would possibly believe this. I couldn't think of anyone to tell, not for more than ten years. And it took yet another ten years to find out where to be a monk, which is here. What about you? What has been your experience of a vision? Or a dream? Or some kind of deep knowing about your life? What you were to be, or do, or bear, or to become? What has become of that? Bring that memory, or those memories, to the light. Second, Pacomius almost immediately set out to write a rule of life for his burgeoning monastic community. The principles behind a rule of life are that life is fleeting. You don't want to miss life, and you don't want to waste life, yours or others. You don't want to live life with regret, living with sadness or guilt that you missed the mark on what your life is to be about. A rule of life front-loads your priorities and helps you clarify life's invitations and your responses. Here, we have a rule of life with 49 chapters. You don't have to do all that but you could find it very clarifying, very freeing, very enabling to name your three most important life principles and write those three principles on an index card. Look at that index card at the beginning of the day, during the day, and at the end of the day. If you don't have a rule of life, start with three principles that you want and need to remember as you navigate life day by day. Use an index card to bullet point your principles. Thirdly, we glean from Pacomius the need to surrender, to surrender what we cannot and perhaps should not control. One of the hardest things in monastic life is that we don't choose one another. God does. This was a reality for Pacomius's monks. It's a reality for us brothers in this monastery. We say in our own rule of life, the first challenge of community life is to accept wholeheartedly the authority of Christ to call whom he will. We are given to one another by Christ, and he calls us to accept one another as we are. You may not be a monk, but you inevitably belong to people whom you did not choose. Family members, professional colleagues, parishioners, fellow volunteers, neighbors. In many circumstances of life, we end up sharing life with people we would not have chosen some of whom we inevitably find quite challenging. The monastic tradition has a name for these people, these sometimes quite difficult people. Teachers. They teach us about ourselves. They expose us to what otherwise we may not see in ourselves or show to others. There's no better inspiration for our lifelong conversion 
than to be sharing life with someone who gets under our skin. So it was for Pocomius and his monks, and for us all. God will bring teachers into our lives, teachers in many forms. This is the sometimes severe grace of life together. Who are your teachers? Lastly, there's the endearing medallion with Pocomius riding on the back of a crocodile. What is your medallion? How would you want to be remembered? Of course, we cannot control how we are perceived in life or after our death. However, we may have a picture of who we are to become. What's the picture you have for yourself? What's your medallion? Saint Pacomius the Great is celebrated as a saint in the Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox and Coptic churches, with feast day of May 9th in the Roman Catholic Church and May the 15th in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by these stories of the saints. Let us end by reading the Eastern Orthodox Troparian and Kontakian for St. Pacomius the Great. By a flood of tears you made the desert fertile, and your longing for God brought forth fruits in abundance. By the radiance of miracles you illumined the whole universe. Our father Pacomius prayed to Christ God to save our souls. After living the life of the angels in the body, you were granted their glory, God-bearing Pacomius. Now standing with them before the throne of God, you pray that we all may be forgiven. Mm-hmm.